is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show, and I look forward to doing the show with you every week to get into your head talk with you about mindsets, about attitudes, about how your brain works as an athlete, as a fan, as a coach, as an official. What does it take to be successful? What does it take to not be successful? What are the components of a winner? What happens when someone fails? I've been very fortunate to have been in practice as a sports psychologist. I've just begun this past month my 38th year of work as a sports psychologist, doing about as long as anybody in the country. I've had the privilege to have worked with athletes all over the country, with the Olympic team, with professional teams, with collegiate teams. I give talks to high school athletes, youth athletes, parents groups. And we talk about mindsets. I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will come out on top. You know, I've been very privileged to have worked with so many great people throughout my career. And one of the things that stands out the most to me, what are the things that allow people to, to succeed? And what does it take to not be afraid to speak up? Today's topic is going to be an interesting one, and we're going to look at it from several perspectives. Fonte Davis of the Buffalo Bills retired at halftime. I believe he's the first player in the history of the NFL to say, I'm retiring at halftime and hang up his cleats and take off his pads and walk out. Leave his teammate short a player, leave the team short a player, and quit. There's been a lot of criticism of this young man. There have been a lot of jokes made about him. We're going to talk about it from a couple of perspectives today. Number one, why would an athlete quit at halftime of a game? Just why would that happen? What would cause someone to think that way and to do that? What was going through his mind? What could possibly have gone through his mind? What did that say about his commitment level and about his dedication to team? There are a variety of ways to look at this, and I want to try to look at it from several. First of all, as a sports psychologist, I work with people. I work with athletes, I work with parents, I work with coaches, I work with fans. I've worked with so many different people throughout my 38 years of doing this. I've played sports my whole life. I'm going to be 64 years old here in a couple months. And one of the things that I have learned 
is that there's no consistency in anything and that there's always going to be something new. And I'm not really shocked anymore by the things that I hear, the things that happen, because guess what? There's always something different that goes on. When I heard about Vontae Davis retiring at halftime, the first thoughts that came to my mind were that, well, he quit on his teammates. Why would he do that? What's going through his head? He must be in a lot of psychological pain to do that. He's going to be the victim of jokes, the butt end of jokes. He's going to be criticized. He's going to be ridiculed. But what was going through this young man's head? He's played several years in the NFL. He's in his third, second game of the, this new season with the Buffalo Bills. And he decides at halftime he's quitting. Well, why did he quit? He said, it was therapeutic. I left everything the league wanted me to be, playing for my teammates while injured, the gladiator mentality. It all just popped. And when it popped, I just wanted to leave it all behind. So that's why I don't care what people say. The experience was personal and not meant for anyone to understand. It was me, cold turkey, leaving behind an identity that I cared with me for so long. My intention was not to hurt my teammates. In that moment, my intuition was telling me I don't belong in that field anymore. Well, he'd spent six seasons with the Indianapolis Colts, three with the Dolphins, and now his third team, Buffalo. Now, some people will say, well, the Bills are terrible. They were 0-1 and ended up losing that game. They've been blown out both games. They haven't looked very good. Did he quit because they were bad? Did he quit because he didn't want to be on a losing team? Did he quit because he didn't want to deal with negativity and losing anymore? Did he quit because psychologically, emotionally, he was done? Well, there are a lot of things to address here, and I want to address how that affects you as a parent with your kids and the people you are around in sports. I want to get into this topic today and talk about it and find out exactly why somebody like this would do this and what's the message it says to you if you play sports it's quitting okay well in my opinion it's not I don't think you should quit at halftime I don't think you should quit in the middle of a game except for two reasons if you're injured obviously physically or there's some kind of psychological abuse going on if you're playing youth or high school sports from a coach. If you're getting abused, ridiculed, degraded, insulted, cursed at, yelled at, screamed at to a point that you can't take it anymore, I can understand why a young athlete will not want to play. This is an NFL player. They're tough, right? Well, guess what? NFL players, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, are human beings. Yes, they're big, strong guys. I've worked with dozens of them over my career. They're very big people. They're very strong people. But they are people. They have feelings. They have emotions. And guess what? They affect them the same way they affect everybody else. People driving into the stadiums. People watch the games. They're people. So why did he do this? Well, and was it right? Was it right to quit at halftime? No, obviously not. You're leaving your teammates 
short a player. He was starting. And what he did, I think, was wrong to do it at halftime. But obviously, in his mind, he had to do it. Now, what would have been the right thing to do? The right thing for him to have done would have been gone to the team management during the week because it wasn't like all of a sudden it popped up at halftime. I'm going to retire now. I'm sure the thought could have had to have entered his mind prior. He should have talked with the team personnel, told them what was going on. They should have given him some time to get away, to talk about it, to work with him on it. I don't know if they have a team of psychologists said that had a player personnel and their team chaplain talked to him. Well, it sounds like they don't have a psychologist. That's why people like me, sports psychologists, need to be with most sports teams. Give him an opportunity to talk and share about his feelings and work on it and not leave his team short a player at halftime. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. I want to get into this topic with you today. Why would a player quit at halftime in an NFL game? I want to hear from you if you're a coach. If that ever happened with you before, I don't care what level you play or coach at. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. Have you ever felt like quitting during a game before? Did you? How did you handle it? I'd like to hear from you. I want to hear from you if you're a parent. I want to hear from you if you're a parent and your son or daughter has come up to you during a game and said, I don't want to play anymore. I want to quit. I don't like this. I hate this. What do you say to them? How do you handle it? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're talking from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports, the psychological side of sports on this show. I have 38 years of experience working as a sports psychologist with athletes at all levels of competition, work with teams and athletes all over the country. And today's topic is this. Vontae Davis of the Buffalo Bills quit at halftime. Took his pads off, took his cleats off, and said, I'm done. Walked out of the locker room and retired. To my knowledge, that's the first time in the history of the NFL a player has quit at halftime of, of a game. Not because of a physical injury, but just because he wanted to quit. Now, why would he do that? I want to talk with you about that. I want to get some calls in. Get your opinion about why would an athlete quit? doesn't be football, it doesn't be baseball, it could be anything. Why would they quit and quit in the middle of a match or a competition or a game? Psychologically, obviously, in my opinion, he has some issues going on. Did he let his teammates down? Yes. Did he let his, the fans down? Yes. Was it the wrong thing to do? Yes. But you know what? People quit their jobs in the middle of the day. People walk out. It's not like he's the only person who's ever done that. But did is what he did right? I don't believe it is. But obviously he had issues. So I want to hear from you. If you're a coach, has you have you ever had an athlete want to quit during a game? How did you handle it? What did you do? If you're a parent, has your son or daughter ever said, I don't want to play anymore? I don't like it. I'm done. Or have you of an athlete ever wanted to quit? I want to hear from you. Let's get some conversation going. Let's go to the phones for our first caller. Let's talk to Ken. Ken, thank you for calling in. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Doc? Great. Thanks for calling in. Get your comments. Well, the reason, the first thing when you describe this, I'm thinking job burnout, man. 
um, you know, if you've been doing the same thing for 10, 12, 15 years, we all know that burnout does happen at a professional level. So that was my first thought. But my second thought was I'd been there as a parent. I had a daughter. Uh, she was bipolar. Uh, and she was playing soccer. And the bipolarism caused her, she was in her um, mid to late teens at the time, caused her to mispractice. Well, we went to a game. The coach decided he wasn't going to put her in. Well, the bipolar kicked in, and she walked off the field or walked. Uh, just wanted to leave at that particular moment. And my wife and I were caught on the sidelines trying to figure out what to do. So the thing that crossed my mind, because you mentioned it as a coach and as a parent, in that particular moment, um, it's like, what do you do? I know it's the bipolarism that kicked in, but how do I support her? I, I know, I mean, it's a no-win situation. How old was uh, she, Ken? She was, I think, 17 at the time. Okay. So this is at a high school level, at a club level? What kind of game was it? Club level. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. First of all, what would you do? Well, I didn't leave when she wanted to because she was going to storm off the um, field. I told her, no, nope, I want to stay here till halftime, which may have been wrong. But then again, you know, it was kind of embarrassing to us, too. And then we lo- We lost you there, Ken. Oh, sorry. There, there you are. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah go there ahead. I am. Right. Yeah, and then we left at halftime. So uh, it was sort of one of those, oh, okay, we've done enough here. Maybe I've made a point, so we left. And, I, you know, you eat yourself up after the fact thinking, you know, was that the right decision? But, um you know, so what happened afterwards? Just, you left. And let's talk about your daughter. First uh-huh. of all, how did she handle that? How did she react? Did she want to play again? Was that the end of it? What What happened? Oh, she was done. She was absolutely done. And what was the reason for it? Um, they weren't going to play her, but she had missed some practices, and this was an absolutely righteous thing for them to do. You don't go to practice, you don't play. I didn't know she wasn't going to practice. She was driving at the time, so... She would drive herself, and she didn't didn't go. So we didn't know. So we're caught by surprise. It's just it's it's, it's a tough situation. You want to support your, your family. You want to support the athlete to an extent. You don't want to, uh, you know, celebrate poor behavior. Uh, but it was it was just a bad situation all the way around. And it just since this is the topic. And we talk a lot about the athlete, boy, but if you're in a family situation, it just eats at everything. Oh, sure. So how old's your daughter now? Yeah. How how old is she now? She passed away. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Fortunately. No, it's okay. You know, it was several years back, and I appreciate the thought, but it just, you know, it's done. Well, let me ask you this, and I'm sure it's not the easiest thing to talk about, but this situation, how did you guys handle it afterwards? Um, well, when we got home and she calmed down, we talked to her about it, but, and she was at that point in time was off the meds and the bipolarism kicked in and there was no, uh, in two seconds, it was not her problem. It was our problem. <laughs> right. And it went on from there. So, you know, what bipolarism is like and how difficult it could be. Let me ask you this question. How did the coach react and did you speak to the coach afterwards? Um, Coach was very matter of fact. Uh, basically, I called him to say, no, "I don't think she's coming back." And he's like, "Well, understand, she didn't come to practice." I'm like, "I, I get it, not a problem." 
Well, so what you're bringing up, Ken, is is athletes are people. Yeah. It doesn't matter what level. They have issues, yeah. and that's something that has to be worked. And listen, sir, first of all, my condolences for losing your daughter. I'm sure that that's, hurts every day still. And I want to thank you for calling in and sharing what happened, though. I appreciate well, it very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Like your show, man. Keep it up. All right. Well, thank you. Take care. All right. That frees up our lines here. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Our topic today is this. Vontae Davis of the Buffalo Bills quit at halftime at the second game of the season. Just hung up his cleats, took his pads off, said, I'm done, walked out. He quit. As an athlete, have you ever wanted to do that before? And why would you if you would? If you're a coach, what do you do when you have an athlete who wants to quit your team or your game? How would you handle that? This is an NFL player. This is not a little league baseball team. This is an NFL team. He's making a lot of money. But guess what? Athletes are people. And this is why, in my you know, he's been criticized around the horn for quitting his team, and rightly so. You shouldn't quit at halftime. He really should have taken this issue up with the team management earlier in the week, discussed it with them, because it wasn't like at halftime all of a sudden, had an epiphany, I'm done. These thoughts had to be going around in his head throughout the week, and probably even earlier. And he did a disservice to his teammates to leave at halftime. You know, you owe them a commitment. But at the same time, he needed to deal with himself. And if his heart and his soul and his mind wasn't in it, he would be hurting his team even more by going out there playing in a lackluster way. So there's two ways to look at this. But I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, I want to hear from a coach. As I know there are people out there listening right now who've had athletes played for them on their teams who have wanted to quit. Who've said, I don't want to go back in. I don't want to go in. How do you handle it as a coach? Give me a call. If you're a parent, just like Ken, and your son or daughter wants to quit or walks off the field or leaves the game, how do you handle that? And like you said, it, it's embarrassing for you as a parent when you're sitting there and your kid leaves the bench. Give me a call. If you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a fan, played sports have you ever wanted to quit why'd you do it this is the sports psychology hour This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and we're on here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Our show is now being broadcast several cities around the country. It's, I'm excited to talk about that. And, you know, I've been in practice for 38 years working with athletes at all levels of sport. And just recently, in the second game of the NFL season, Vontae Davis of the Buffalo Bills retired at halftime, something I've never seen before. I don't think it's ever happened in the NFL. I've worked with professional teams, with professional athletes for years. I've never heard of anyone who wanted to quit at halftime or in the middle of a game. I've heard of guys say, and women, say, when the season's over, I'm going to be done. But I'm going to give it everything I have for the rest of the year. 
Davis has been criticized nationally for letting his teammates down, the fans down, the coaches down. But why did he do it? What was the reasoning for it? Well, athletes are people. I mentioned this earlier. Athletes have emotions. They have feelings. And obviously, he was done. Psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, he was done. He didn't want to do it anymore. He owed it to the organization, which he'd just been with for this season, to discuss it with them during the week and talk to the coaches and the administrators about it during the week because he did let his teammates down. There's no question about that. But at the same time, if his heart wasn't in it and he would have been playing halfway, it would have been worse then. There are two ways to look at it. Let's go to the phones. And I want to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're a parent, if you're an athlete. Have you played a sport and ever wanted to quit? If you're a coach, how'd you deal with it when you had an athlete who wanted to quit? Let's go first to Josh. Josh, thank you for calling in. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Great. Get your thoughts on our topic. Yeah, so um, I've actually, I've been a competitive cheerleading coach for 20 years. And I've coached everything from your all-star stuff all the way up through junior college, small NAIA college, and all the way up to uh, Big 12 and SEC schools. So I've coached at Baylor University, University of Missouri. Um, well, you've been around a while. Let me ask you before you say anything, have you ever wanted to quit? The profession? Yes. Um, no. Okay. I have not. Okay. Then you must um, love what you do. Yes. But, um, you know, I run across it a lot with kids. Um, they're, they're young. They're very impressionable. Um, you know, sometimes they want to quit because they, they get to college and they, they get opened up to freedom that they've never had. So they'd rather take advantage of all those freedoms than be within the structure of a program. Um, especially because if you're in a, in a sport like cheerleading, it's demanding physically taxing mentally takes its toll on you. You've got to be at practices. You've got to work hard. You're part of a group. You've got to commit yourself to everybody. You don't have a lot of free time. Not no, not not much at all. While all your friends get to go watch Mizzou, Georgia, and tailgate in the parking lot and everything like that, you're busy walking around, smiling, kissing babies, you know, taking pictures with everybody in the parking lot. You're not getting to participate in those kind of things. So a lot of kids you see go that route. A lot of kids you also see the mental side of it. Um, you know, they they land on their head or they have some type of fall where. Now there's a mental side to it, a mental block. And they can't perform the way that they think they should be able to because they can't do specific skills. Now they're disappointing their coach and their team, and they think they need to quit because of that. So there's, there's legitimate fear going on. Yes, legitimate fear. Fear about their physical health and safety as well as how they feel emotionally. Yes, I've seen kids... Uh, to put it all in layman's terms for anybody that's listening, just to make it a little more simple, I won't use all the technical stuff, but I've seen kids who who tumble beautifully in running tumbling, which is round off back hands, bring back tucks, layouts, full twists, things like that, that you see floor routine type stuff in gymnastics. Right, they're all gymnastics moves, correct. But then they're what we call standing tumbling. They can't do it. And that's where you start from a standing position and you don't run. So you're going to stand there jump up in the air and do a backflip and land back on your feet. Okay. You know, they they have a struggle. I've, I've seen kids physically, when I tell them to do a standing back tuck, go start shaking. 
So let me ask you this question, Josh. Have you ever had a young lady? Have you coached men as well, boys as well? Yes. Yes, okay. co-ed and all-girl. Okay, have you ever had a young lady or young man come up to you in the middle of a game and tell you they want to quit? I've never had them want to quit the program in the middle of a game. I have had them. Okay, so what do you say to them when they come up and tell you that? Because it's probably from a legitimate fear. Yes. Um, so I've had it a couple ways. I've had it when you have men and women on the same team where there's just arguing and clashing of personalities and somebody just wants to be done. Um, it's, I think one of the biggest things that you learn as a coach is you're constantly observing. Um, you learn how to see everything and personalities, and you pick up on everything with your kids. You become very in tune with your teams. Um, so I can tell when it's somebody with a legitimate fear, you can see it in their eyes as opposed to somebody who is just annoyed at a teammate or annoyed that they're out there and it's an August game and they're hot and they don't want to be there anymore because kickoff was at 7 and they've been doing stuff since 7 o'clock in the morning. So what do you Um, do as a coach? How do you handle it? You sit down and you talk to them. Um, You know, you find out exactly what's, what's the matter and you look at it from you try to be uh, look at it from their side as much as you can um and put yourself in that situation and i would always tell them you know let's do this let's let's put you over here on the sideline let's let you hang out for a little bit let's let you relax you know calm back down we're off tomorrow let's and see what what they what they say. See, you're reinforcing to me, Josh, in in our book, Just Let Him Play, that I co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone, Guiding Parents and and Athletes for Youth Sports, the whole importance of the coach's role. You have to be a psychologist. You have to be a counselor. You have to be understanding of your athlete's emotions. And if not, then what happens is, is, quite frankly, something like happened with this NFL player. It's just, goodbye, I'm done. Yep. Yep. You've got to be in tune with them. Constantly need to be meeting with them, finding out what they've got going on. You never know what's going on in kids' personal lives. Um, it's it's extremely important to be in tune with everything that's going on with them. And that's what I say to parents when they're trusting me with their kids. You know, I've got to be the parent on this campus because you're not going to be here. I've got to be, I've got the door open all the time, whatever they need. Um, you've You've got to have that with your kids because if you do, you're not going to experience somebody quitting the program or quitting at halftime, you're going to experience somebody coming saying, I need to talk to you. I've got a problem. So let me ask you, I know you're not an NFL coach, but you've coached for, you said 22 years, if I, if I remember correctly, and you've coached yes. boys and girls all the way to the collegiate level. If you were the secondary coach in the Buffalo Bills and Vontae Davis said, I'm done at halftime, what would you have done? First thing I think I would have done is... Um, if I've got a coach that is helping me, some kind of an assistant, secondary coach or whatever, I'm going to my head coach and saying, Coach Smith is going to handle what's going on for the first part of the second half. I'm going to sit in here and talk to Vontae and figure out what's going on. And try to talk with him and understand and try to maybe get him to get out there and finish the game. Yeah, possible. try to talk to him. Not even necessarily get him to finish the game. Just get him there to talk to me. Maybe he walks back out on the sideline with 
with no pads on. But we've got to get to the. We've got to figure out what's going on. You you just don't let them walk. Right. And let me ask this one question before I let you go, Josh. And and thank you so much for calling. Great great comments. Obviously, in my opinion, this young man felt this way long before halftime of that game. Don't you agree? Yes. Yeah. There was a buildup. He probably didn't want to play at all from training camp. Yeah. He yeah. probably never wanted to be at camp. Right. I'm sure that's probably. Listen, sir. Thank you so much for calling. Great comments, and appreciate your. Your thoughts and continued continued luck coaching. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. That frees up our lines here. I want to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete, you're a parent. Have you ever wanted to quit as an athlete before? And did you? As a parent, if your son or daughter wants to quit, how do you handle it? And if you're a coach, you have an athlete that wants to quit your team in the middle of a game, what do you do? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports. I've been in practice for 38 years, and I am in my 27th year on the radio now. Hard to believe I've been doing it this long. I've had the privilege to work with athletes all over the country, teams, coaches, all kinds of people, all kinds of sports. And we talk about a lot of topics on this show. Today's topic is quitting. Vontae Davis of the Buffalo Bills just recently quit in the second game of the season at halftime. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Why would somebody do that? He's been criticized all over the place. Quitter, loser, letting his teammates down. But obviously he had some issues and he had some reasons for it. So my topic this morning is why would an athlete quit? Have you had an athlete quit on your team or want to quit if you're a coach? And how did you handle it? As a parent, your son or daughter wants to quit. What did you say? And if you're an athlete and you've wanted to quit during a game or during the season, did you? Let's go to the phones and talk to Max. He's waiting very patiently. Max, thanks for holding on. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. Appreciate your call. Get your thoughts on our topic. Well, a couple of points. One, just in response to the previous caller, I wonder what your opinion on this is. Do you make a distinction between the fact that the people he's talking about are college kids and Davis is a professional athlete, he's a 10-year veteran, um, he's an adult? Um, do we make a distinction there? And then the other point I was going to make is you mentioned that nobody – ever does this you've never heard of this that before the only time that i can ever think of it is the famous story about joe dimaggio who took himself out of the game walked in from center field after he realized he couldn't track down the fly ball that he wasn't playing up to his standards wasn't playing up to the standards that he had come to be accustomed to that the fans had come to be accustomed to and at least in retrospect the publicity and the stories surrounding that particular event are very positive everybody says it's selfless act it's part of his personality so uh, those are my two points. I'm wondering what your response to those would be. Well, let's talk about that. First of all, that's interesting. I I don't remember hearing that about Joe DiMaggio, So, but obviously s- someone like that who was a Hall of Fame player, great player, everybody loved him, okay, is going to be looked at that way he's doing that for the team. That would be my perspective on that. Vontae Davis is only in his second game with the Buffalo Bills. He's been, you know, not a, not a star player in the NFL, even though he'd been around for nine years in his 10th season not a household name like Joe DiMaggio. So when you look at somebody doing that, especially in a team sport, okay, I mean, baseball's a team sport, but it's all, it's individual sport within a team sport. Um, I, I think a lot of people look at this as, you know, what I've read this past week, he's a quitter, he's a loser, 
Okay, I'm looking at it from a little bit different perspective. As a psychologist, this is a professional athlete who's playing a very, very, very scary game with all the conversations and the studies and the research on CTE now and all the issues going on with injuries with NFL players who've been retired for a while and all the problems they're having with their lives. Obviously, this is something that goes on. I work with several NFL players, and I will tell you that they've all talked to me about their mortality rates. They've all brought up the issue of how long will I live, how long can I be healthy, how long can I really realistically play this game and do it in a, in, in a, in a good way before my body gives out. So these are issues that NFL players think about because it's something that comes up. So for a professional athlete, especially in a sport like that, as well as you know something like professional soccer, where your, your bodies are getting hammered a lot, okay? They're, they don't wear protect, maybe shin guards, and that's it, okay, when you're playing soccer. So you've got issues at the professional level, and there's the money, there's the fan, there are all these different issues. I think Davis should have gone to the team management and talked with them about it. I think he did. That was the one thing I think he should have done during the week because I'm sure this thought was there. At the collegiate level, like you mentioned, like our previous caller mentioned, or even at the high school level, it's all different. I've had kids. I just had a young man this past year who wanted to quit playing high school baseball because his coach said, if you walk a guy, I'm taking you out of the game. He said, I don't want to play for this guy. You know, if I walk a guy, I'm coming out of the game. Well, who doesn't walk a guy? So, you know, there are a lot of issues, Max, that come up emotionally, psychologically, and I think we have to learn how to deal with these things. And I think the whole issue of fear, and I'm going to get your, your thoughts on this. Athletes are, are people. You know, we look at them oftentimes because they're physically superior than, than the average person in terms of their physique. Oh, well, look how strong they are. That doesn't mean psychologically they are. you agree with that? Yes, I do. And so we have to look at them as people. And, you know, like, like the previous car mentioned about, you know, cheerleaders. All right, they're doing a very physical, physical sport, and they can get hurt and it can get scary. So he, I think he handled it the right way by saying, you know, if I have an athlete that comes up to me and has something like that, I'm going to talk with them about it, try to understand what's going on. I think coaches need to be more educated and more aware of the psychology of their athletes, more so than just the whole issue of winning and losing. I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think that's a good point because the coach is certainly better than the fans and better than probably, you know, 99% of people out there are in a better position to understand what they're thinking, understand what they've gone through. You mentioned the point that they're bigger, they're stronger, they're more talented. They have, they essentially operate in a different realm than general people, than most fans. So it's not really reasonable to expect that we would understand what they're going through. They've been on the field, they've dealt with injuries, they've dealt with having their bell rung. They have an experience and a set of motivations that's very different from us. The coaches would be in the best position to understand that. Most of them at least have some experience with the game. A lot of them have been players. But still... You are dealing with someone who maybe they're not having the best day. Maybe they have been thinking about this for a while. Maybe there's a trigger moment in that game. Um, I don't obviously know what he exactly said to the coaches in the moment. Uh, his statement afterwards that he released to the public seemed to indicate that he had that trigger moment on the field that said, all right, I recognize finally I'm over the hump. I know I can't do this anymore. It could have been handled in a way which was appropriate, which said, you know, guys, I'm doing this because I'm a detriment to the team. I recognize that I'm holding you back. You know, I, I don't know that it makes a difference if he's only been on that team for one year versus being a star for that team. Um, you're a professional. You have a contract. I think you kind of have an obligation to say, okay, I'm either supporting this team or I'm a detriment to this team and go from there. Well, I don't yeah, see, I, you know, I don't see a player on the Kansas City Chiefs who currently are 2-0 and and playing, you know, exciting football at halftime saying that 
because the team's playing well and they're you know they're undefeated. I think you see a team that's losing, not playing well. You can see that coming on maybe a little more realistically. I don't think it's realistic, but more realistically from his perspective. But I think that the bottom line is this. It, yeah, he said he had an epiphany and all of a sudden, but he had to have been thinking this beforehand. And so I think he owed an obligation. He owed an obligation to his t- losing. What's what's that? I said you just said it too. The psychological impact of losing. Yeah. Certainly yes, and so I. But I'm sure that he probably. You know, I don't know him. I'm guessing, but I, I. I'm sure that he probably thought this before that game. It wasn't like all of a sudden, boom! I'm quitting. Goodbye. I'm done. He's played in the league. This is his tenth season. So this had to have been something he thought about before. Like I said, I've worked with a number of NFL players, and every one of them has told me that the retirement issue is something they think about at some point. So I think this is something that does come up. And, and here's the thing. You know, in the end, when you're playing a physical sport like this, you've got to look at your health. You've got to look at your longevity and your mortality, and especially with football with all the issues going on with con- concussions now. But I think the bottom line is this. It's about communication, and it's about mental health, and the psychological side of all this is just as important. In fact, I always think it's more important than the physicality. Because as I always say, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. And obviously for him, he decided, you know what? This is something I can't do anymore. I've got to stop. Did he do it at the right time, the right play way? No. I think most of us would agree with that. Could have been done differently. But I think that's why the importance of having you know people on teams who are trained in you know, sports psychology who can help, I think, are beneficial. Max, I want to thank you for your call. Great comments this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. You know, every week I'm here. And we talk about these topics because they're important to talk about. I address it from a different perspective than your typical sports talk show host since I I am a psychologist. But at the same time, it's about emotions. It's about feelings. It's about actions. Athletes are human beings. And we look at them, especially professional athletes, as superior to people. When I was the Kansas City Royals team psychologist, I had the privilege to work with a number of great players. And I got to know Bo Jackson, who's maybe probably the greatest athlete of modern times. Bo Jackson had a great head on his shoulders. He was criticized right and left for playing football and baseball. You know what he used to tell me? He said, Doc, I don't care what everybody says. I care what I think. I care what my wife thinks. He got it. He understood it. And he knew when it was time to hang it up. He, he, you know, he wasn't ready to quit baseball. He had his fake hip put in, played three more years with the White Sox and the Angels, and was still faster than about 60% of the guys in the league. His mind was in an incredible place because he was a grounded person with himself. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoy our show. Bring up different topics every week. and love to hear from you. If you have a comment, a question, there are a lot of ways you can reach me. My website is winnersunlimited.com, W-I-N-N-E-R-S, unlimited.com. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, at drj sports psych, at drj, S-P-O-R-T, P-S-Y-C-H. Send me an email at my website, as I said, or give me a call at my office. My number is 816-561-5556. Our shows are podcasted here on Sports Radio 810 WHB on our flagship station, and they're also podcast on my website. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. <laughs>